You are listening to the Fur Road Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God and love people. For more information about Fur Road, visit furroadcc.org. That is F-I-R-R-O-A-D-C-C dot org. Now for this week's message. Well, hi guys, thank you for joining us today. As always, it's truly an honor that you've chosen to be a, a part of Fur Road out of all the other churches that you could join today. Um, if you're a Chiefs fan, I'm sorry, I know it's been a rough week, but you've realized that, this, uh, that the sun still does come up every day. Uh, and besides, I know that you guys are really happy for Tom Brady. Uh, you know, you got another Super Bowl ring. Poor guy just hasn't had much success. You know, you just feel bad for his career, so... So you have to feel good for him, right? <laughs> Said hardly anybody in the country, but but that's in the past. We're we're moving forward from there, and, and today we're going to continue talking about blessings. And last week I asked you to write down at least twenty-five ways that that God has blessed your socks off. And if anyone wrote down a hundred ways that God has blessed your socks off, I'll give you a special prize. So let me know if you've done that. Um, if you've done that at home, you can email me your list, dantoni at furroadcc.org. And uh, who knows, this Fur Road Cup might be a clue to your prize. I don't want to give it away or anything, but, but I would encourage you guys to, to work on that this week if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. I think it's just good sometimes to put down on paper some of the things that, that God has done for us. And so last week I introduced the idea that we are blessed to bless 
In other words, we are blessed by God in order to bless others. And, and I'm going to develop that idea a little more today. Uh, in fact, the message today is called just that, Blessed to Bless, as part of our, our blessing series. And, and if you've ever uh, experienced the feeling of being a blessing to somebody else, you know that it feels really good, doesn't it? Okay, there's just something about this hard to describe when you've been able to be a blessing. What, why is that? You know, why does it feel so good to bless other people? And I, I think it feels good because that's the way that God makes us. You know, I think part of our DNA is to help and, and bless others. So here's the deal. The, the Bible tells us that we are made in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so what, what does that mean? To, to be made in the image of God? And that's a big question, and it would take a long time to fully answer that question, but uh, it doesn't mean we are God, okay? We aren't little mini-gods walking around, but one thing it does mean is, is that our good characteristics, they're like God. That's how God created us to be. They, these positive traits come directly from God because that is who God is, and he, he made us to be that way as well. We're tainted by sin, so sometimes we don't look a whole like, lot like what God created us to be, but, but those good traits are there in us, I think, just waiting to shine. And being a blessing is, is one of those traits. So, so there are some things I want you to consider today as we think about this idea of blessed to bless. First of all, God deserves our very best. Okay, I briefly mentioned this last week as well, but our, our goal should be to give our very best back to God and to others, not our leftovers. Have you ever had leftover french fries? They're not very good, are they? They're soggy and mushy, and, and even if you heat them up, they're, just, they're not very good. Uh, you, can't, you can put them in the oven. They're, they're not too bad. They'll crisp up a little bit, but they're still not the same as when you first got them. And I would say it's the same with giving back to God. If we give God uh, consistently our leftovers, it's just not the quite, quite the same as giving him our best the best of our time, the best of our finances, the best that we have to offer no matter what area it is. Many years ago, Paul Harvey uh, told a story about a woman who called a consumer hotline to ask what she should do with the turkey she had found in her deep freeze. She said it had been in there for 23 years. The hotline operator told her that if she had kept it frozen below zero degrees, the meat would not be unhealthy, but that wouldn't, it wouldn't be good to eat because all the flavor would most likely be gone. That's what I thought, said the woman. I'll just give it to the church. It's probably not the best that lady could give, is it? God deserves our best. There's a great example of what it looks like to give your best from a story in Matthew. It's about a lady who made a huge sacrifice for Jesus. It's in Matthew 26, verse 6 through 10. It says this, While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Is there any doubt at all that this woman gave her very best to Jesus? And she, she just felt like she had to do this. And in fact, her sacrifice was part of something much bigger than herself. Uh, Jesus said this in verse 12, When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Okay, it, it didn't really make sense to those around her. The disciples certainly didn't get it at this point. 
but it made sense to Jesus. She was a blessing to Jesus. But being a blessing may not always make perfect sense to those around you. You just need to understand that. I'm going to talk a little more specifically next week about financial giving, but let me use giving to the church as an example. If you give a good portion of your income to the church, you might have friends and families, family members who think, you know, that is such a waste. They think, well, why would you give your hard-earned money away like that? And sometimes if you stop and think about it, it's easy to say to yourself, man, think about all these things I could have done with this money. But I think God is saying, you know, you have done a beautiful thing by giving me your best, even if it doesn't make sense in the world's eyes. And then, in turn, it's the church's job to be a good steward of the money that it has been blessed with. It's kind of a cycle. You know, I wish I could say, personally, I've always given my best to God financially or otherwise, but I know that wouldn't be true because there are times in my life when I have given him kind of my leftover french fries, to be honest. But our goal should be to give him the very best all the time. The Bible often refers to this as our first fruits. And the concept of first fruits goes all the way back to the early times in the Old Testament when people lived in an agrarian society and Harvest time was significant because that was when the hard work the farmers had poured into their crops all year, year, that began to pay off. And God called his people to, to bring the first yield, the, the first fruits from their harvest to him as an offering. And this was to demonstrate their obedience and, and reverence for God. It also showed that they trusted God to provide enough crops to, to feed his family, their family. And back then, there were, there were plenty of rules associated with making first fruit sacrifices. They had to, to be brought to the temple priest. No other crops could be harvested until after the first fruits were presented. It was kind of a complex process. But the Israelites saw these first fruits as an investment into their future. And God told them that if they brought their first fruits to him, he's going to take care of them afterward. Okay? He had their backs. But he expected their best, not their leftovers. So hold on, though. Um, being a blessing to others doesn't come without its challenges. We need to understand that. There are roadblocks to being a blessing. And to be honest, th there are a lot of roadblocks. You know, th there's many things that can get in the way. But I would say two of the biggest roadblocks are pride and selfishness. As we begin to look at our lives, the temptation is there for us to say, you know, look what I've done. I I've worked really hard to get where I am. I I deserve to enjoy the fruits of my labor you know i've done this myself look at me i i deserve some rewards and that is true you have worked hard and you still work hard and it isn't easy but but ultimately all that we have and all that we have earned is only ours because god has allowed us to have it we would always be wise to remember that jesus reminded of this in, in a parable in the book of luke in chapter 12 verse 16 through 21 and he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Okay, obviously this man was a hard worker. He was most likely a smart man. He, he knew how to make the most of his resources. He was successful. 
he knew how to plan for the future, but there was one thing that he negligently forgot, and, and that is that ultimately God is the giver of everything that he had. It's not his to be selfish with or to hoard or to, to keep to himself. You see, everything this man possessed ultimately came from God, and it's the same with us. God has blessed each of us in different ways. You, you wrote those down with your list, but we need to remember that those blessings are gifts from God, not to be hoarded and kept to ourselves, but to pass on to others. We are blessed to bless. And if we have a mindset that we, we live a, that maybe later we'll live a giving kind of life, you know, when we have time, when we have more resources, whatever, we may never get the chance, okay? Life is so fragile, and, and compared to eternity, life is very short, so now is the time to, to share our lives with others. We can't let pride and selfishness, selfishness get in the way of living a life of blessing others. Because here's the deal. Being a blessing gives purpose to life. Okay, I hear it all the time. I'm not sure what my purpose in life is. I'm, I'm not sure why I'm here. Well, I can promise you this. When you start getting outside of yourself, you're not going to have as many questions about your purpose in life. A few years ago, I read a book called I Like Giving by Brad Formsma. And it had story after story of different ways that people just tried to be a blessing to others and, and, and how it made a difference in their own lives. And so I want to share one of those stories with you uh, this morning. Here it is. The day before Thanksgiving, my wife sent me to a large grocery store with an even larger grocery list. Though she'd already texted me several times, reminding me not to forget the plastic utensils and, and to hurry home, I decided to make a slight detour. Last on the list was dessert. Just some cupcakes or cookies, she'd said, nothing fancy. But I didn't want to bring home just any old dessert. I wanted a banana cream pie. Next to the grocery store, there was a, a small pie shop. Inside glass cases housed rows of personal-sized chocolate, lemon meringue, blueberry, cherry, and peach pies. There were cheesecakes and key lime pies and every sweet filling that could ooze over a crumbling crust. Sounds like my kind of place. I don't know about you. When I finally spotted a banana cream pie, I rejoiced. It was the last one left just for me. I loaded up a dozen small pies and headed toward the checkout counter, but just then the bell on the front door jingled softly. A father and his three children walked in, talking merrily about what pies they might choose on this special trip. The man looked tired, but his youngest son walked directly past me and planted his hands on the case. With his nose touching the glass, eyes as wide as saucers, he exclaimed, I know exactly what I want. He looked up at the woman behind the counter. Banana cream, please. The woman answered gruffly, we're out. And in that moment, the boy's face morphed from pure glee to ultimate despair. You'll have to choose something else, his father explained. Turning toward the boy's father, I admitted I was the culprit. I, I was the one who'd taken the last banana cream pie. I told him I'd be glad to give the pie to his son, but only on one condition, only if I could pay for their pies. Immediately, the man waved his arm in front of his body as if there was a bad smell in the air and said, you know, they couldn't possibly accept. He said he appreciated the gesture, but it wasn't necessary. His son stood back, bewildered, arms at his side, eyes drooping in sadness. How could his father turn down a banana cream pie and one that was free? I explained once more that no strings were attached, that usually I like to give anonymously, but that, that today I wanted to give up my pie for his son. Reluctantly, the father finally accepted. When I handed the boy the last banana cream pie, he held it in his hands delicately. He unsnapped the plastic top and sniffed the pie greedily. That smile he walked in with was back again. 
the pie purchased, the banana cream pie in the hands of its rightful owner, I strutted out the door. That day I was ha as happy as that kid. You see, we are, we're blessed when we bless. But I think sometimes we can get so caught in, up in, you know, what's my big purpose in life that, that we can kind of lose sight of how God wants to use me each day to bless others. Who might need a word of encouragement today? Who might need a, a phone call or a text? Who just might somebody say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of you. Is there anything I can pray about for you? Being a blessing can help bring purpose to life. In fact, there is, there's no real downside to being a blessing. Okay, let me show you some reasons why. First of all, the Bible teaches that, that giving is truly better than receiving. One of the churches that Paul spent a lot of time with was the, the church in Ephesus. And in Acts 20, he was kind of saying his goodbyes to that church, and he gave them some things to, to remember as he left. And, and he said this in, in Acts 20, 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, the interesting thing about that statement is that we don't actually have it recorded in the Gospels that Jesus specifically said those words. It doesn't mean he didn't say them, but we don't have it recorded. Uh, it's consistent with everything else that Jesus taught, but there are probably hundreds of things that Jesus said that weren't officially recorded. Anyway, before Paul leaves the church, he wants this thought just to resonate with the people. You want to strive to be a church that gives. It's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, when you're a kid, you, you love presents. It seems so awesome to receive, and, and, and don't get me wrong, it, it's always nice to receive gifts. But I think the older we get, the more we start to realize that there is much more joy in giving to others than receiving. There's, a, a, there's much more joy in being a blessing. In fact, something else I wanted to point out, and, and I'm a little hesitant to do so because it's easy to take this the wrong way, and that is that good things happen when we're a blessing. You know, in Luke 6, Jesus is given a list of kind of pretty stern warnings, including the, the command not to judge others. And he said, don't judge. He said, don't condemn. Uh, he, he says to forgive others. And then he says this in Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Here's Dan's summary of that verse. You can't outgive God. You just can't do it. When you live a life of giving back to God and blessing others, God, God finds ways to take care of you and bless you even more than what you've given. And I don't understand how he does this, but he does. And, and, and we need to be a little careful about how we view this. There's you know, been something referred to as the, the prosperity gospel that is spread through some churches where basically people are encouraged to give so they will get. And to be honest, uh, it's a selfish reason for giving and, and not very scriptural. Um, we don't give in order to get. We give in order to bless others. And, and in turn, God just finds a way to bless us. Not necessarily financially. Okay. In fact, usually not financially. It's not like we give $20, we're going to get $40 in return. Okay. God is not a cosmic slot machine. God just has a way of taking care of us when we're helping others. And it's hard to explain until you've experienced it. But good things happen when we live a life of giving and blessing. Our, our bills still get paid. Uh, we, we feel good about ourselves. We appreciate what we have more. And, and we seem to be more grateful, I think, to God. 
And then the last point that I want to bring up in this area is really the most important one, and, and this is good stuff. Listen to this here. When we bless others, people see the love of Jesus. Hey, did you catch that? When we bless others, people see the love of Jesus. And isn't that what we should really want? You know, at Fur Road, we want to be all about loving God and loving people, and we want people to see the love of Jesus through us. And in a world where many people have a negative view of Christianity, I think the best way I know how to counter that is through kindness and generosity and showing the, the joy that comes from Jesus. And remember, I'm not just talking about money here. Sometimes money is the easy way out, in fact. Sometimes giving in generosity comes from, from lots of other ways, sharing time or a listening ear or using your muscles or, or your brains. Here's the thing. There, there are so many ideas out there about how to live a fuller life. Ten, ten steps to happiness or eight steps to healthier living or seven foods you just have to eat or five steps to a better marriage and, and so on. And these kinds of things, they all might be helpful in themselves, but if your life is based only around helping yourself, I believe it won't ever give you ultimate satisfaction. I believe the ultimate satisfaction can only come through, first of all, following Jesus Christ with your whole life, and then with that automatically should come a mindset of, of generosity to others. Writer Ann Voskamp, Voskamp, she said this, if your living isn't about giving, then you're already dying. You've got to use the life you've been given to give others life. Pretty powerful statement. If your life isn't about giving and blessing others, then, then really what kind of life is it? It's a pretty shallow existence. And this will change as to what it looks like practically for each of us as, as time goes on. As you get older, you might think, well, it's, it's harder for me to help other people now. Um, but th there's so many other ways you can be a blessing than like maybe physical help. Maybe you're in a better place financially. Um, maybe you can give a listening ear. You can pass on wisdom. Y you can always be a blessing from Jesus until the day you die. The truth is that God has given us a freedom. And once we become Christians, we're, we're first of all free from the consequences of sin. But then we also have a freedom to choose what we're going to do with this freedom that God has given us, there, there is still free will about how we're going to live our lives. And, and so I want to leave you with one more verse to ponder as we, we finish up today. This was Paul speaking to the churches in Galatia, and he said this in, in Galatians 5.13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Okay? serve one another in love that that's what we should do with our freedom serve one another in love i had the chance to to speak to nancy hartley on the phone this week and if you've been at fur road for a while you remember nancy and her husband harry and very special people i had the privilege of baptizing harry when he was 89 years old and Harry went to be with the Lord several years ago, and, and uh, Nancy moved to California a couple years ago to be closer to some of her family. Um, and by the way, she says hello. She misses Fur Road very much and, and her friends here. Um, she says this church is so special to her. But Nancy lives in a care facility now, and, and for about a year now, they've been in lockdown. And uh, she hasn't been able to have visitors, and she pretty much has to stay in her room all the time. And it would appear that it, it's a very lonely. But she keeps an amazingly positive spirit. 
And she said, you know, Dan, I'm, I'm not lonely because I have the Lord with me all the time. And she said, God has blessed me so much. I, I just can't complain. I, I can't believe how much he has blessed me. And she just kept talking about the, the blessings in her life. And, and so I, I was hoping to encourage Nancy when I called her. But the truth is that she was a blessing to me. She encouraged me. And so Nancy knows what it means to be blessed to bless. So if God can use a 96-year-old by herself in a care facility in California, he sure wants to use you as well. We are blessed to bless. Let's be a blessing. I want to close by sharing a video that, that I think shows what an incredible thing it can be to, to be a blessing to others. And so let's watch that now. So my husband is reading the Sunday paper and he comes across an article that talks about this refugee family that had gotten their bikes stolen. Their bikes were their transportation. And he says, you need to read this. The kids got up and it was craziness and Brad talked about what a refugee family was and, and then he asked the question, well, what can we do about this? My nine-year-old pipes in and says, I think we need to go get them bikes. And Brad said, you're right, that's what we should do. We should go get them bikes. And I thought, oh my gosh. I'm thinking we're gonna show up with bikes and they probably have at least five or six bikes by now. And my kids are gonna be so disappointed and we're going to spend our Sunday dealing with this rather than having our family day like we were going to have. We get in the car, we're all excited. We head to the store to pick out the bikes. The boys wanted to find a certain color and we knew that they had one son and so the boys wanted to pick out the bike for the boy. We pile the bikes in the car and we're really excited. As we drive down the road, we realize we really don't know where we're going. My husband called the church that was affiliated with this family. They couldn't give out the address. And he is persistent and said, it looks as though this is in this part of town, is that right? And the voice on the other end said, you're right, it's in that part of town. I kept thinking, I'm sure somebody has already made sure that this family has bikes. And so there is a line of these duplex homes and we had to figure out which home was theirs. The picture in the paper had a hose reel on the front and sure enough, one of the kids said, there it is, there's the hose reel. And there's no one home. So we decide to wait and a half an hour goes by two hours, three hours, and by that time, I'm ready to leave. We've waited long enough. My husband said, let's make one more pass through the neighborhood, and then we can go home. Then the excitement starts. They're home. The little boy was telling his dad, these bikes are for us. 
And the only thing that the dad could say was, I like bike, I like bike. And he had the biggest smile on his face and he's like, I like bike. I said to the boy, have you gotten a bike yet? And he said, no ma'am. That was kind of a turning point for me. I think so often the need is so close that you miss it. Experiencing that joy when we drove away and how my kids were saying, that was so cool, that was so cool. Did you see their faces? That was what was so meaningful to me. That's good stuff, isn't it? Uh, I, I want to pray with you guys before we finish today. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for, again, your just generosity to us. And you've blessed us in so many ways. We could write down 25 ways. We could write down 100. We could write down 1,000, and we wouldn't even come close. So we thank you for that. And, and I pray that out of that, we will want to bless others and that we will just show your love to others through the way that we try to um, reach out to them. Help us to know what that looks like for each of us in our lives, and uh, help us to have eyes to see where, you, where we can help people. Help us to be open to that and just even have a mind, new mindset if we need to. Thank you for Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys, have a great week. Go be a blessing.